Every single player who's come to Michigan State since 2007 has a ring on their finger. I'm going to be a coach here for a long time. It's not over. It's just starting. But just remember, pride comes before the fall. So you might as well just come out and say what you're, what's your feeling at some point in time, because you know I can only be diplomatic for so long. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Wednesday, September 18th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. On today's show, yes, I brought the intro back. Um, Today is the official day where we turn the page. We close the book on Arizona State. We're not talking about that game anymore and we are forgetting about it we are moving on and we are eventually going to set our sights on Northwestern starting tomorrow on today's show um, I want to talk about a quote that Mark D'Antonio had out of his press conference yesterday that uh, made some headlines and was the subject of a lot of scrutiny and I want to um, you know get into that provide some more context for that. So I'm going to do that here in the first segment, and then we're going to have, excuse me, we're going to have a little fun in segments two and three. Matt Hapner is joining the show, uh, and Matt joins the show for a film room breakdown where we go over basically everything that went wrong in a game like the Arizona State game, but we didn't want to do that, so we called an audible, and we're going to talk about Big Ten mascots fighting each other. So that's the plan for today's show. Again, this is Turn the Page Day, official Turn the page day. We are moving on and we are focusing on Northwestern. Although there are certain things from the Arizona State game that will, I guess, be part of the context of some other stuff that I do want to talk about tomorrow, uh, but it won't be about the specifics of the game. We're done with the specifics of the game until next week when they inevitably show up again, right, in the in the Northwestern game. And now we have two games of evidence to uh, point to and we're all smashing the panic button. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um... But that's the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe to Locked on Spartans wherever you get podcasts. We do this show every single day, five days a week, half an hour shows dedicated to the world of Spartan football and basketball, only on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every single day. All right, let's talk about this D'Antonio quote. Okay, so... You may have seen it. If you didn't, I'll try to fill this in quickly. Uh, Mark D'Antonio was asked about the challenge for a defense when an offense is struggling and, you know, in that sort of specific kind of game, right? 7-3, you've been perfect pretty much all day. And now they're moving the ball down in you. What is the challenge for that mentally and physically for a defense? And he said, be be perfect. He said, the challenge is be perfect. Um, That set a lot of people off because during the press conference, uh, everyone who's there in the media is kind of tweeting out interesting quotes and little tidbits of information. And that was one that got sent out. And I think it sent a lot of people into a bit of a tizzy because it lacked proper context. And I just wanted to provide that context and give you my interpretation 
of what D'Antonio was talking about because uh, I was at media day. I heard the quote and it wasn't even something that I thought was significantly noteworthy and I'll get into why, but there were, you know, a lot of people tweeted about it. uh, Stories were written about it and it caused a lot of reaction. So I want to get into that today. Here's like the full quote. So Mark D'Antonio was asked by Chris Olari of the free press uh, when the offense is struggling like that, what type of, uh, you know, what type of here, let me just get it exactly, actually. There we go. Uh, what type of challenges does that present for the defensive players, either mentally or physically? Uh, and Mark D'Antonio said, be perfect. That's the challenge. Be perfect. We gave up one deep ball in the 35, and that, you know, puts them in the 25. That's difficult to stomach because that's, you know, may seem unfair, but, you know, you got to play every play and everybody's got to. It's a team game, yada, yada, yada. Um, what Mark D'Antonio, for my interpretation, was there, when he was saying be perfect is he was answering that reporter's question in that specific moment about that specific moment. You know, what when your offense is struggling, what does it force your defense to do? And he said they have to be perfect. He wasn't demanding that they have to be perfect, wasn't demanding that the defense needs to be better, which is the way I think a lot of people interpret it. And I don't blame you for that, I think. Given the context that was provided and the tweets and the stories, that's kind of what it sounded like, right? And the optics of it aren't great. Your offense scores seven points and you're saying the defense needs to be perfect. What type of you know crap is that? But he wasn't saying the defense needs to be perfect. He was saying in that moment when the offense is struggling like that, the defense has to be perfect in order to get that win, to get out of that game with a win. And he did... Later going to say, you know, and the way D'Antonio talks sometimes is he'll start a thought and then break off into another thought and then return to the original thought and kind of bounce around a little bit, which he did on this one. Um, but while he was talking about this, he said, you know, it, here the exact quote may seem unfair, but, you know, you got to play on every play and everybody's got to. He was talking about there, um, you know, it's unfair, may seem unfair to put that kind of stress on the defense to force the defense to expect that from the defense. And I don't think he was, I, I actually, I'm not even going to say, I don't think, I know he wasn't criticizing the defense. Mark D'Antonio's not a dummy. Um, all of the end of 2018, uh, the defensive leaders, Kenny Wilkes, Joe Bocci, the captains, they were saying, we have to be better. We have to close out games better. We as a defense, need to step up and win these games and we all know they all know everybody with two sets of eyes who's ever watched a football game knows that not a single one of those games including this Arizona State game are on the defense they're all incredibly aware of where the problem lies with this football team and what Antonio was doing today was a bit of coach speak preventing division um, using I guess more Harsh, even though I didn't, I, I didn't think it was a harsh thing that he said about the defense. Uh, saying that type of thing because he knows the defense can sort of take it, that they're going to be fine, that he doesn't have to worry about that side of the ball, but he's not going to, and the defense isn't going to uh, go out of their way and say we need more from the offense. There, the defense isn't going to do that. D'Antonio did that a couple weeks ago uh, publicly. Uh, I'm sure that he's doing it privately a ton he did it a little bit publicly saying we have to be more productive we have to score more points that's the bottom line but he's not going to blame 
the offense, even though we all know that that's where the blame lied in this certain loss. He's not going to publicly blame half of the team for a loss. That's just not his style. Um, He's never really done stuff like that. And as much as you might want him to come out and say, the offense cost us that game, that's just never going to happen. If you, I would just say this. If you think Mark D'Antonio thinks the problem with that game was the defense, you're just wrong. You're just trying to sort of create something to get mad at him about right now because his the stock in him among the fan base is probably as low as it's been uh, maybe ever. And that's fair. It shouldn't be high. Um, I'm not high on Mark D'Antonio right now. I think he's done a bad job this season at times. I think he's done a really bad job in the past in terms of uh, staff evaluation, staff changes, stubbornness, creativity, trying to win, you know, making life easier on his football program to win. I think at times he's done a really poor job at that. And so I'm not defending Mark D'Antonio about this quote. I just think it was a nothing throwaway thing, coach speak, that isn't worth you know, getting upset over because there's no real meaning behind it, right? We know Mark D'Antonio knows the problem with this team is not defense. Like that is a hundred percent fact. If Mark D'Antonio thinks the problem with this team is defense, then yeah, like let's have that conversation about it. is he really uh, locked in here? But that's not what he was saying with this quote, and that's kind of how it got taken here, demanding the defense to be perfect while demanding nothing from the offense. Uh, I think that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, you just can't come out and publicly rip one side of the ball every other week when they don't play well. He did it after Tulsa, and that's kind of the one time you get to do that this season. You can't just keep doing that because that's not the, the the way to go about it. You can do it publicly or privately, and I would bet decent money that he's done that um, You know, in the meeting, film rooms, whatever. I'm sure the point is getting across, and he was, again, very critical of himself uh, for that game, very critical of the staff, said the staff is going to be better this week, they're going to coach better this week, and all the stuff that you kind of want to hear, but we kind of, you know, a lot of people got hung up on that one quote, and it's just not the the way he was saying it, just sitting there listening to it. um, I thought, and I'm still thinking that it was, you know, nothing coach speak trying to prevent a division, doing whatever he can, saying whatever he can to not lay the blame publicly on his offense. But they know, everyone in that facility knows that the reason Michigan State lost that game, one of the primary reasons Michigan State lost that game is because they only scored seven points. And that's, you know, special team stuff, coaching stuff, execution stuff. Um, And ultimately with the problems they've had on the offensive side of the ball for many years in the D'Antonio era, they're pretty well aware of it. And so I think privately, they're going to be riding that side of the ball really hard to try to get them back to the form, or at least close to the form that we saw against Western Michigan. Uh, But publicly, I don't think we're going to see a ton of ripping of the offense, of blaming the offense, because that's just, you know, not what they need right now per his determination, right? And I guess you got to trust that uh, for now until things start to, you know, go down the tube again into a real 2018 spiral and then all hell breaks loose and there's no protecting anybody from anything. <laughs> all right, gonna break for a minute and bring in Matt Hepner here 
to talk about mascot fightings because I want to lighten things up. I want this to be a fun episode and then we'll dig back in with some serious stuff tomorrow. The The first two episodes this week were kind of, I don't know, pessimistic and not fun and really doing uh, a show that is necessary, but not the most enjoyable. So we're going to have some fun here with Matt Hepner. Guys, Michigan State, they're on the road this week, but they will be back for homecoming in just a couple of weeks. If you want to get to that game, you got to get to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the specific section and row of your choice, all in the easy-to-use Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows you, the fan, to earn credit back. It's called Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, and you will automatically be enrolled into the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and events to the hottest theater tickets and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. Enter promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That is promo code KICKOFF100 to receive a discount of up to $100. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Okay, welcome back to Locked on Spartans. Matt Hepner is here now. Matt writes for The Only Colors. And listeners to the show know Matt uh, usually joins us for a weekly film room breakdown. He writes a film room piece every week. Sorry you had to do that this week, Matt. Um, you know, going through some big decisive plays. And we usually talk about it. And last year, I don't know, how would you describe the end of last season? Just six weeks of misery doing this? Yeah, it was kind of like uh, one continual root canal, I would say. <laughs> just, just just the same numb pain over and over doing those film reviews. Yeah. yeah, here's where they missed the block. Here's where they dropped a pass. Here's where the design was terrible. Um, and so most of the things you wrote about and that I've been writing about this week, I've kind of already talked about in the podcast. So we just decided, you know what? Screw it. We are not going <clears> to <throat> suffer through another film room back and forth for 10, 15 minutes here. So we're doing our own thing. Um, this is inspired by Mike Leach. Did you see uh, the video of Mike Leach that inspired this little thing here, Matt? I did. I saw okay. some of it and just enough to know that it was a lot of Mike Leach was happening in that, yeah. In that clip. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Mike Leach was happening. He was asked by a reporter who would win a fight, a battle royale between the Pac-12 mascots had a very Mike Leach answer, went on for like three minutes, breaking it down, uh, made some good points. But we're going to do that today with the Big Ten mascots. We're not going over drop passes, bad calls, stupid uh, play calls. We are doing a mascot fight, and we're going to enjoy it. All right, Matt? Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're doing mascots, and then for teams that don't have mascots, we're just going to slip down to – uh, the nickname. So like Michigan's a perfect example. They don't have a mascot, but an actual real life Wolverine. So here's how I think we should do this. You got them ranked one through 14, right? Uh, I, I haven't, I, I could probably do that. I, I broke it into uh, some categories to try okay. to get a better feel of how this thing would all play out. Well, but I, yeah, let, I could go one through 14 if necessary. Let's do it this way. Give me your just pretenders and I'll give you, and we'll talk about the ones that are just like, they're out immediately they don't have a chance in this battle royale all right so obviously the buckeyes are at the bottom of the list because it's yeah. just a nut and <laughs> and and even brutus himself while he he's you know a, a tall guy with a big head I, he could be easily cracked and and he's done 
Yeah. So they're they're out. The Hoosiers, the Terrapins, the Gophers, the Cornhuskers, (laughs) they're all out. Now, for Boilermakers, are we doing we're doing Pete or are we? Yeah, we're doing Purdue Pete. Purdue Pete. All right, because. Because otherwise, I was going to have questions on whether we're doing the train and whether the train is like comes to life like that Stephen King movie because that would change the whole thing. Or like a Transformers but, type train, right? <laughs> An Autobot. Right. I, I, yeah, I would also like knock Hawkeye's out of there and and probably Purdue Pete, although he's got a hammer, so I, yeah. I, I might leave him in for now. I might okay. leave him in for now. But yeah, I, I'm I'm nixing the Huskers, the Hoosiers, the Hawkeyes, the Gophers, the Terps. And uh, and the Buckeyes right off the bat. Yeah, Buckeyes are easy out. Terrapins, it's a giant turtle out. Um, yeah, Gophers not scaring anyone. Like Big Ten's got some pretty good mascots, and a giant Gopher is horrifying. But that thing's getting destroyed right away. Um, yeah, no matter what you go with with Nebraska, it's none of it's tough. <laughs> Just like generic Midwestern corn related things. And then, yeah, the uh, Herky the Hawk is the uh, official mascot of Iowa. And it's a giant bird, and giant birds are kind of scary. But I think in this type of uh, situation, we can go ahead and knock that one out there. And that, yeah, Hoosiers, Hoosiers might be worse than Buckeyes because a Hoosier is just a person from Indiana. Right. And, and yeah. you know, at least like Buck, you know, Brutus is, is like a legit mascot, even though for like when I was growing up, I thought he was like a giant vanilla wafer. <laughs> and then he was like a cookie head. Well, I didn't know he was a, a nut until I got older. I was like, man, that looks like a just a delicious cookie head. But yeah, the, the, the Hoosiers are just like dudes from Indiana. So I'm like, even the toughest guy from Indiana, I, he, he's Yeah, <laughs> the toughest guy from Indiana. We're plenty tough, but in this situation, yeah, they're up. Have you ever had like a Buckeye dessert, a, a candy or whatever? No. Okay, so it's it's kind of like almost what you're describing. It's like a hunk of I think it's peanut butter in the middle surrounded by chocolate. Um in that sort of shape. It looks like a buckeye nut. It looks like Brutus's face. Um so that's yeah, that's kind of what I think of there, but he's out. So all right, let's we, we got the we got the weaklings out of there. The the ones getting tossed out of our metaphorical ring here. Uh right away, what is your next group? I imagine it's a group that like they're going to put up a fight but not quite top contenders. Yeah, my next group includes uh, the Badgers and the Wolverines because mm-hmm. they're basically the same thing. And, uh, I mean, we don't have a Wolverine mascot to go on. And Bucky is actually, like, weaker than a regular Badger would be, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> yeah, get, get um, an actual Badger instead of Bucky. And I, uh, I'm i going to put uh, – I'll put Purdue Pete in that group. Okay. Uh, along with um, – yeah, probably that's that's probably where you're at in that group. Uh, and there's some other guys who are kind of on the borderline of the next of the next wave. I, I gotta say, well, like you know, Willie the Wildcat, he might be in this group too because he is not very scary. But an actual Wildcat would be yeah. a totally different thing. And that's we're remember we're going mascot here, and I'm gonna yeah uh, agree so, with yeah, you I'm, there. I'm put, I'll put Willie in there. Okay. I'm going to agree with you there, and I'm also going to throw in the Penn State Nittany Lion because that costume, that mascot outfit yeah, looks like right. it was, yeah, it was like 1938 is when that was stitched together, and they've been using the same sweaty, stinky one since, and it's just like a humanoid giant cat with no yeah, muscle and I say, definition. When I can say, right, and I can see the actual regular person's wrists when he starts doing that little <laughs> head ear thing. 
under the gloves. <laughs> yeah. So like that, the, the illusion is broken. And and yeah, you're right. He's got to go in this group. He's 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 not he's not winning that. He can only do that little ear flap thing so much before he just gets. Shot. Yeah, and like it's a it's a mountain lion. It should be well into this thing. But if you look at that compared to like the BYU Cougar mascot, like it's just not even a contest. Like oh yeah, that Nittany, guy's jacked. <laughs> yeah, the Nittany Lion is just sad. I'm closer to putting it. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of it right now. I'm closer to putting it in the first group than like the contenders group because it's just, and it's really, it's a waste of a potentially great mascot. Wildcat Willie's got some juice, but he's still small. The Nittany lion is just like raggedy. Penn state should yeah, be ashamed. Raggedy is the correct term. <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, badgers and Wolverines, um, much respect to them for pound for pound. Um, you know, strength, tenacity, ferociousness as just crazy animals you don't want to cross. Um, it is an American badger. It's not a honey badger. So we need to make that distinction. They're significantly less aggressive than their African counterparts. So uh, if it was a honey badger, if there were the Wisconsin honey badgers, I'd probably put them in the top spot. But just by size, I think we got to get rid of Michigan and Wolverine, uh, Michigan and Wisconsin here in the second group as well. So I'm with you there. We will be back with Matt to uh, talk about the finalists, the competitors, the true contenders of our mascot battle royale. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Uh, That leaves us a few mascots. What are our contenders here? All right, so our contenders are Barty, the Scarlet Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, I, I would say uh, a fighting Illini. I mean, they used to have cheap Illini wax. Not anymore for obvious reasons. But, yeah, we're just you know, going. A, a, a straight up, like, a legit, a fighting Native American warrior. That's, yes. You don't mess with that. Yes. And, you know, I mean, like, maybe we're going to throw Purdue Pete in there because he's got, like, a helmet and a hammer, and he could do some... Some Thor stuff, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I'm. It, it's we got to really think about Purdue Pete's hammer skills, but I think just in a power ranking, he's coming in fourth in that group. And yeah, just we're we're just going like generic Native American warrior there. Uh, that is a, a hell of an opponent for any sort of battle situation. And you got to think like he gets a bow, like that is part of the the sort of right. repertoire. And Sparty doesn't travel usually with a weapon, but I feel like. You know, if you've got a bow because it's a normal thing for a Native American warrior to have had in the past, then like we got to go shield and spear like Spartans uh, in 300. Like he's got to be decked out in that. The Scarlet Knight has his freaking sword and shield too. Yeah, you got. He's party has to get you know shield and 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 uh, and uh, spear just just like you said. That that that's how I was envisioning it as well. I mean. Bare knuckle brawl. It's, I mean, he can put up a fight, but uh, yeah. he'd be obviously overmatched with anyone who has any sort of weapon. Yeah, like it's not fair. Like the 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 Illini or not the Illini, the the Native American warrior, whatever we're calling it, would just shoot him from a distance with the bow. That's that's takes all the excitement out of this. So, all right, we've got our group of we'll say three contenders. We can get Purdue Pete out of here. We assume he's okay with the hammer, but he does more like work with that hammer he's not uh yeah he's like i've been working on the railroad with yes. it. he's not doing thor things with it yeah I think, so. he's, it's not a thor hammer and he's not like a martial arts 
specialists with different skill sets for different types of weapons. Like, oh, I can pick up this stick and now I can make it a weapon. Like, that's not Purdue Pete. And his head is too big for his body. His head's too long. He's just not shaped. Yeah, he's not in leverage issues. Yeah, there's going to be leverage issues. All right, so we've got three pretty good contenders. Uh, Spartan, a Scarlet Knight, and a um, Illini, which we're using just a, a generic Native American warrior for. So how do you see this, this sucker playing out? I, I got to say, I think it comes down to the, the Spartan versus the Knight. I think the Native American is, is, is very, you know, he, he, he's a great warrior and, and certainly worthy of being in this conversation, but uh, he's lacking in the armor department yes, and he's just yes. not as, as, as jacked as, as these other two guys are now. Cause I, and I think the armor thing may be what might give the knight the edge. Okay. Okay. Sparty's got some armor, but it's not nearly like the Scarlet Knight is decked out in like legitimate armor. Who's got like better technology though? Because I feel like a knight's armor is, is cumbersome. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say I. I mean, the, the math. Sparty's going to have him on the uh, on the um, you know mobility and and mm-hmm. you know he's a much more. But again, it's like are, are we talking like because like all right, one of the dudes from three hundred. I'm yeah. going to say he's taken, even if he's in like, you know, a loincloth and, and shirtless, I think he's <laughs> taken the night because the night's slow. But yeah. like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough call. And actually they're, they're, I'm, I'm looking at the Scarlet Knight again now, Henry, uh, he might get docked points just for the name. Yeah. Henry stuff. Yeah, like he, the- he's got about the same hat. Yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah. I think Sparty's probably got him. Now, their, their, their other mascot dude who, like, rides a horse and has, like, a full oh, knight yeah. outfit on. Now, that guy is a total. <laughs> that's a totally different question now because that guy's got a lot of armor. Yeah, if we're doing Henry versus Sparty, like, Henry does have armor. He's got more armor than Sparty, but he doesn't have the full-on thing, the full-on getup. His arms are kind of, like, look like chain mail. Is covering him instead yeah. of full on armor. Yeah, and he, he doesn't have he, his legs are exposed too. Yes. It appears like this is yeah. yeah he... Here's a big thing. Yeah. Sparty is significantly more jacked than Henry. Like Henry's got some definition, but like Sparty is kind of a freak show. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that that Henry, uh, you know, yeah, he he's got to he, he's got to put in a little more time at the gym. Yeah, here's how I think it plays out. I think they, you know, we get down to this point. Everyone's tired. Everyone's exhausted. Uh, whoever takes out uh, the Native American warrior does that. And then it's just, we've got Henry versus Sparty, and they're just exhausted. They've knocked each other's weapons out of each other's hands. No more shield. And this thing ends up like every action movie does, just like a, a brawl to the end. Um, and in that sort of scenario... I think I got to go with Sparty just because he's bigger and stronger. Um, and in a one-on-one hand-to-hand combat, I think the lack of armor is going to help Sparty as opposed to, um, you know, being a liability when they had weapons. Yeah. I, the, the, the fear, pure, just just muscular stature of Sparty. I mean, he, he'll be able to just, you know, one good blow and this thing is over even, even yeah. with the helmet. On there, and quite frankly, I'm looking at the plume that he's got that that Henry the Scarlet Knight has, and 
that, that that seems like a liability too. You yep. can grab him from behind with that thing and, and, yeah. and take him out. It's just like a, a running back with dreads. Like they're exactly. they're, they're cool. It's, they're it looks they're cool. part of the and you, but you can be tackled by it. It's part yep. of the uh, part of the <laughs> part deal. No horse collar rules in this uh, this free for all we're doing. Yeah. Oh, there's no rules at all. And Sparty's plume is more sturdy. You know. It's not as like his is like Henry's like wafts and drapes down the back. And it's, it's something that, yeah, that's going to be a liability for him. All right. So Sparty, I don't even think this is a Homer thing from us. I think we broke it down and we're totally fair about it. Sparty is just uh, a tough, tough knockout in a battle Royale situation among any mascot, not just the big 10, all mascots. Yeah, for sure. And even if you were like talking about them in pure, like, you know, just by the, the, the nickname and, and you could, you know, kind of imagine up the best version of any of them. Yeah. I, I think it's coming down to, to those same two and with, with, with the Spartans coming out on top in that regard. I mean, the line, you know, the animals could be, you know, a potential issue, but like at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get my warriors going to take out a, a mountain lion would be like yeah. the biggest the biggest yeah. uh the the wild really i think the lions i think that i think the animals would all tear each other apart <laughs> they would instincts would kick in the wildcat and nittany lion are advancing further in that scenario but they're still not getting all the way to the top all right matt that was fun i'm glad we did that instead of suffer in misery and talk about really crappy stuff i agree <laughs> <laughs> he's matt happner read his work at the only colors uh he'll have Special teams break down and get to know the opponent from Northwestern coming out this week at the Only Colors. Matt, uh, hopefully things go well and we can have some fun talking about Michigan State football here next week. Thanks for the time. As always, we appreciate it. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks so much again to Matt for joining. That was a fun conversation. and I'm glad we decided to go that route instead of dredging up uh, missed blocks and terrible play calls and all sorts of terrible things that went wrong against Arizona State. We will be back tomorrow. We will dive into Northwestern a little bit. I also want to talk about the idea of Mark D'Antonio and the end of his tenure at Michigan State. There have been a lot of calls for him to retire at the end of the season. People want him to retire right now. People want him to be fired. Uh, A lot of fans are really sick and tired of the Mark D'Antonio era. They're they're appreciative of what it was and are worried that it is coming to a crumbling end. So I want to give some thoughts on that um, and as it sort of relates to where the program is at and where they might be headed here in the next couple of years. Thanks so much to all of you for listening to today's Locked on Spartans. I got a tweet that like we're uh, one of the top Locked on podcast if you just search locked on like my show starts to come up among the most listened to locked on shows or whatever so that's really cool last week i think we were ranked like 166th in sports podcasts so that uh seems absolutely insane to me i don't know how that happened it feels like a week ago two weeks ago a month ago we had like 50 listens <laughs> in a friggin' show. Uh, we got a lot more now, and that is thanks to you guys for checking out the show and sticking with it and telling people about it. It's been really cool, like I always say, to, to watch it grow and see the community grow around the show. So 
Thanks so much to all of you guys for that. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe. If you do not subscribe to the podcast already, you can hit that subscribe button on your podcast service. Get these episodes on your phone every single morning. We'll be back tomorrow talking about Northwestern, talking about D'Antonio, and and perhaps is it time for him to consider retirement. We'll talk about all that, and then we'll you know jump into Northwestern for the rest of the week. So we will see you tomorrow.